When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 dollars off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hour 2 at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in, fresh off his bye week, Evan Bland joins us from the Omaha World. Herald does a great job covering Nebraska football at Evan Bland, O-W-H. On Twitter is where you follow him, read him with Omaha.com. Evan, what'd you do? It's been a popular question all week, so what did you do during the bye week? Well, I actually last weekend went up to uh, Sioux Falls, of all places, with my wife. We we just kind of got away for a weekend, and as luck would have it, I actually came down with kind of a of a, an illness or a sore throat, and and uh, so I'm kind of on the mend too, much like uh, everybody else. So the the bye week was well timed, but I'm going to be ready to rock here for the home stretch. Did you visit the Empire Mall? Yes, actually. It, it was nice. I had never been to Sioux Falls before. I, I did not know also that they have uh, a natural waterfall area yes, they out do. there. So uh, consider me more educated than I was a week ago. Uh, well, well, wouldn't that be how they got the name Sioux Falls? Falls? But I, well, I never, and all my, I lived in South Dakota for a year, and both my college roommates are, are from Sioux Falls and still live there. So my little town, uh, an hour north of Sioux Falls, where I was doing radio, uh, I would I would escape to the big city in, in Sioux Falls, the the king of chain restaurants. Uh, it was wonderful. <laughs> it was it was a good time. But yeah, they have they have a falls. They do. I guess that's where you get it from. I you know again I I it's one of those things that you just sort of like oh that's the name of the town and now uh, you know the, the the gaps are being filled for me along the way. So it, it was cool and it was obviously a great time of year with the the leaves mm-hmm. changing and everything. Um, yeah, a cool town. Had a good time. Evan Bland with us here, Omaha World Herald, joining us, Hale Varsity Radio. Evan, looking ahead here, October 14th, 2023, you started making any plans just yet? <laughs> no, not yet. Although, if anybody out there has, you know, wedding plans, now now you're probably scrambling this afternoon to fill venues or uh, family reunions or, you know, fall trips, family getaways, whatever it might be. Uh, I 
personally don't have anything that I'm jonesing to pencil into that weekend. Maybe that's a pumpkin patch weekend, something like that. Um, but, yeah, n- nothing too definite yet. Well, Nebraska's schedule released, and Elijah, it's going to be fun, man. We're going to we're going to be able to buy Evan a beer or two uh, in in Minneapolis and and in in Boulder because we'll make those our two normal road trips anyway. Whenever Nebraska plays in Boulder, we're there for live shows, and we've hit uh, you know Gopherville the uh, last couple three seasons. But overall, Evan, what what do you think of the schedule for twenty twenty three? The year before Hollywood comes in. Well, I, I love the road games, first of all. Um, you know, I, I think Minnesota's uh, one of the more fun trips in the Big Ten. Uh, you mentioned Colorado. That's always really interesting, too. Um, yeah, Illinois is drivable. Uh, you kind of in Wisconsin, Madison's one of the more fun towns to visit, too. So that's cool. Um, you know, the, the schedule, the, the, the reconfigured version here, didn't have a ton of changes from what we had seen with the previous version. Uh, certainly that Thursday night game at Minnesota should be a lot of fun. That's something the Gophers have done for a number of years, and so Nebraska sort of falls into that. Um, it, you know, It's not a week zero game. It's not a week one game. It's somewhere sort of in the middle. Um, so that part's pretty cool. Uh, to me, when I look at next year and the schedule, it's sort of that last chance to – relish divisional play and the way that it's been for Nebraska when you think about it for really the last 28 years I mean when you talk about what you want for Nebraska out of a season it was always compete and win the Big 12 North compete and win the Legends and now it's been compete and try to win the West and and then you take you know the next step from there and we don't really know exactly what that format's going to be like in 2024 and beyond. If it's a pod system, if it's some sort of two or three protected uh, annual rivalry games, and, and however else it's going to play out, that's all for another day. But it's kind of cool, I think, just to have one more chance, one more sort of farewell tour for the way the format's been. And let's be honest, it's it's Nebraska's probably their best chance to compete for a conference title um, through that divisional format where you don't have to keep up with the big bads in the East throughout the season. You just have to win what I think is a, maybe a deeper West, if not as top-heavy as the East. You win that division, and then it's a one-shot deal to try to win a conference championship the way that uh, we've seen Wisconsin and Iowa and Northwestern try to do over the course of the last eight years or so. So I think that's what it is for me is, is sort of appreciating – the the format what it's been and then um, obviously turn our attention to what's next evan bland with us here on hail varsity radio evan four consecutive years nebraska opens their season with with a big 10 foe on the road your reaction to that i mean it's a, a tough spot whoever's gonna be the head coach for nebraska next season you open on thursday night against minnesota it could be a front road trip for us the media but from, from a team point of view what, what does that what does that do for you yeah, it's not easy. I mean, certainly your preferred method if you're a new coach and, and with a lot of new players uh, would be have sort of a, of a ramp up at home against some maybe group of five or even FCS level competition and, and figure out some kinks and then roll from there. So it's certainly more challenging in that regard. I think it's interesting that it's Minnesota in the opener because you know, you think back to Nebraska's history against them the last decade or so, most of those matchups have been cold, you know, late October, early November sort of games when teams are beaten down and, and it's just sort of a battle of wills. It'll have a different sort of feel on what should be a, probably a warm night 
when everybody's healthy and uh, fresh and ready to roll for the season. So I think that part's kind of interesting. But yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt that from a, a perspective of uh, you know program identity, Minnesota's going to have a huge head start with what it is under PJ Fleck and and what it wants to do. Whereas Nebraska is going to be breaking in. You know, who, who knows? Whoever the head coach is, uh, however drastic the changes might be, whatever the the roster turnover is going to be, um, to hit the road in the opener and then to turn around and to go to Colorado the next week too. There's there's no doubt that's a massive challenge and and you know one that Nebraska is going to have to uh, earn its wins early in the year if it wants to turn things around quickly under whatever that new regime looks like. Evan Bland with us, Husker Football Thoughts, Omaha World Herald. Evan, what do you think of the crossover draw? Well, I think, you know, Nebraska is probably somewhere in the middle. It's it's Next year will be one of the years where the West hosts two of those three, so it's a little easier already in that regard, but um, you know, Michigan's going to be good. Michigan State, it's kind of hard to say what they'll be Maryland, like I guess when I look at the East, you, if you were picking the teams that you want to play in terms of uh, an easier path, at least on paper, you would say Indiana and Rutgers. Um, but I think the next two teams up would be Maryland and Michigan State in some order. And so Nebraska gets those two, and they get Michigan at home. So I think that's fairly manageable, and especially um, you know when you look at it against the backdrop of the rest of the division. I, for me, when I make a prediction in the West, one of the first things I always do is is check the the crossover situation. And so, you know, we're talking about Minnesota. They have to play Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State next year. I think they have what you would call the toughest crossover draw. And then on the other side, you could make the argument that maybe uh, maybe Illinois or Wisconsin have the easiest draw. Probably Illinois, um, where they play Penn State, Maryland, and Indiana. So I think Nebraska is probably <clears throat> somewhere in the middle uh, in that regard. But man. After six years of playing Ohio State, um, not having the Buckeyes again is probably a breath of fresh air for Husker fans. And um, even though Michigan is going to continue to be a bear and they're just an athletic uh, force, um, I think those others who are, are pretty manageable as Nebraska tries to navigate this thing. Evan, let's get into Saturday. Gut says what on Wednesday? How do you think this thing's going to be uh, over? Overwhelming for Nebraska, or do you think Mickey and the crew coming off a bye can hang around? Yeah, I think it'll be a close game. I, I really do. I mean, a lot's been made of Nebraska's struggles against ranked opponents. I mean, 19 straight going back to 2016. It's been a long time since Nebraska's been able to uh, break through against a team with a number next to its name. Um, but, you know, there. I, I, I think if you were to make a case for Nebraska – where I would start is that, I, in my opinion, the last few weeks, this has been a team that has sort of settled into what it does well and what it doesn't. And I guess what I mean by that is, you know, a month ago, I think they were more worried about time of possession and running it a certain amount of times on offense, playing a certain way. And I think what they realized and what we saw against Purdue was, hey, you've got Trey Palmer back there. If you can't get the run game going, and, it, and you have to score points on like three play drives that still um, produce and, and still put your defense back out there. Like you got to do it. And so I think that's uh, a fascinating sort of realization for Nebraska is is you're going to go you're going to go for broke. Um, I think you're going to see him go deep plenty again. Um, see if Palmer can get behind that Illinois secondary. 
The key then on the flip side is you got to make sure um, that your defense isn't out there for eight, nine, ten minutes at a time with Chase Brown wearing you down going downfield. So uh, as many flaws as the offense has, it, it start, it's starting to feel like they have an identity. How how sustainable that is long-term is probably up for debate, but they have sort of settled into what they do well. And to me, it's on the other end. Um, it's the same basic questions that we've had for this defense for a long time. Can you be fundamentally sound? Can you make tackles? Can you be in the right place? Um, heck, can you stay healthy and, and just um, – you know, have bodies out there that are capable of doing what you need to do. And I think if those things come together for Nebraska, uh, especially coming off the bye week, um, this game's at home. It's Illinois, which, yes, is ranked, but is still not a team that's going to inspire a lot of fear. Um, You know, I think it should make for a pretty good game. Evan, the, the lines of scrimmage for Nebraska have been the, the weak spot for both sides, the ball, the O-line and the D-line. Who do you think faces a, a taller task on Saturday? Is it the O-line going up against uh, an aggressive and fast-moving Illinois front seven, or is it that, that defensive line trying to stop the, the Illinois power-rushing attack? Yeah, I mean, there's a challenge for both. I, I think it's probably the defensive line because I think at least on the offensive side you can – sort of mitigate um, your perceived weaknesses there. You can go deep. You can have three-step drops. You can uh, run screens or um, delayed handoffs, things of that nature that can sort of take some of the pressure off of your O-line. I think defensively, though, the task is pretty clear. I mean, you're talking about bringing in the Big Ten's leading rusher and Chase Brown, somebody who is fast, who can break tackles. Um, That's not something you're going to be able to sort of scheme out of and you're you're a little bit light too i mean nick henrich is out for the year um you're getting luke reimer back in that second level as well but you're a little bit short on bodies there so i think that challenge is is pretty straightforward and there's not a lot that you can do about it if you're nebraska other than line up and and say hey we've we found a way to improve and we found a way to figure this thing out so um yeah it's it's i don't think that's that's probably the part that's that's going to give Nebraska the biggest fits um, moving forward, and not just this game, but, but the rest of the season. And, you know, you think back to when some of the Big Ten's best rushers have come in and, and faced Nebraska, typically it has not gone well for them. So I think, you know, when you talk about ending this drought, that's probably one of the things, one of the things you're going to have to see is, is them being able to shut down Chase Brown uh, in a way that he hasn't been this year. Can you contain him? You can't have him going for two bills, 175, five a carry, none of that. It's going to have to be a, a, a quantity versus a quality. Like, I think you can you can manage if it's 25 carries for 105 yards. Sure. Like you, you want to avoid a 100-yard rusher, but I, I think you can manage that. If it's 17 for 150, you got some, some serious problems. <laughs> yeah, it can't be a Wisconsin rerun. I mean, uh, that's a concern. But to your point, Evan, with, with the offense of Illinois, I mean, they're – they're not great in the red zone, right? I mean, their red zone offense is 96th nationally. Uh, when it comes to third down conversions, they're 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 just inside the the, the top 80. So uh, while they're physical and tough and rough, and their tight ends are going to do some work on you with an extra tackle, I mean, they're going to go heavy. Can you uh, can you hold up? That's the big question for me in that front seven and. Uh, Nebraska took a step back tackling, and to your point, the injuries were, were a part of that. Uh, but they've had they've had time to get guys ready, uh, specifically in that uh, second level. 
Yeah, they have. And, you know, I think the other thing, from an Illinois perspective, this is a really interesting game, too, because I think there are people out there still that can point to their schedule and say, yeah, there are a lot of good numbers and they've taken care of business, but who really have they played, especially opposing offenses that would inspire a lot of fear? Um, There just hasn't been – they haven't seen anybody like – Trey Palmer, uh, certainly, I don't think, in my opinion, um, and and it's just it'll it'll be interesting to me to see how they hold up against um, you know what Nebraska brings because their strength has been sort of um, as a system like there's not you, you don't really look at three or four of these players on their defense and say these are future high end draft picks or anything like that it's it's a very sound system uh, Brett Bielema said this week other Nebraska coaches said this week they're not. Uh, a super diverse defense either, but what they do, they do really well and they know they play fast and they're, they're confident in it. So, so that, that confidence, that momentum that they have against sort of the, the raw Nebraska speed and some of the talent that their skill players have to me, um, you know, sets up a really interesting matchup where I think we're going to find out a little bit more, uh, has Illinois been a product of its schedule or is it really taking that jump in year two under Bielema? Good stuff from Evan Bland. A few more minutes on the other side with Evan Bland of the World Herald, Mark Whipple, Bill Bush. Some of their audio as well coming up here in Hour 2 with Hale Varsity. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Evan Bland with us, Husker Football Thoughts, Omaha World Herald. What's a good day for you with Nebraska's run game? Uh, Coach Whipple today didn't really (laughs) dive into the uh, let's roll our sleeves up and be rough and tough and physical. That was my impression, but let's score some points. That said, you're going to need some balance to to keep a defense honest, right? Run Run it enough to... To be honest, and, and what, what does that look like for, for Anthony Grant and the other backs, the Nebraska ground game in general? What, what's the number they need to put up? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Grant, the bye week will have served him well. Uh, you know, he was, he was one of the most used running backs in college football up to last week. Uh, and you look at what he did at the junior college level the year before, he was a workhorse there. So I, I think a week off is going to be helpful for his legs. Uh, this feels like a game where you could lean on him a little bit more if you needed to do so. And, and you know, he, he's got that ability, right? Like to, to, to beat somebody with his speed, to be shifty. Um, he's somebody who's shown those skills. And so it'll be interesting to see how Nebraska walks that line. Do you use the running game and Anthony Grant as more of a change of pace uh, to, to set up those deep balls? Or is it going to be sort of more of a 50-50 deal where um, you know Illinois doesn't maybe know what's coming? And so we've seen Nebraska kind of go both ways a little bit. Uh, they've talked before about protecting their defense. Um, and, and Illinois, as we're going to see in a number of these games down the stretch, like if you're not careful, you might get – 
seven or eight possessions in a game, and you're going to look up and see that the other team's held the ball for like 40 or 45 minutes. So I think that's the other part that you have to be a little bit cognizant about if you're Nebraska. Yes, it's about scoring points, but at some point, too, um, you do need to protect that defense and keep things manageable. Otherwise, things can get out of hand in the fourth quarter. Evan Bland with us, Omaha World Herald, Nebraska, Illinois Week. Evan, last stop before we say goodbye, and we'll see you in the press box on Saturday. What's your timeline? Do you think an announcement is is likely here around Wisconsin after Wisconsin? Do you have a timeline in mind? For the coaching yes. announcement? Um, you know, to me, the the big deadline has always been before the transfer portal opens for business on December 5th. So, yeah, whether that's, you know, late in this season, whether that's after the Black Friday game, I don't know exactly when that will be. And, and, you know, quite honestly, I don't know that it really matters. I mean, Mickey Joseph will finish this thing out as interim either way, whether he becomes the head guy. I suppose if they were to name him the head man before the end of the year, that could affect – you know, how guys play or it could lead to some inspiration down the stretch. But I, I always point back to when the portal opens up on December 5th, it's just, it's sped up the game. And it's one of the reasons why schools are, are firing and making coaching changes earlier than ever um, is to try to get a jump on things. And if you, if you don't have a guy in place by December 5th, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty on that roster. Guys can enter the portal um, and you're missing out on the chance to, to recruit other guys who are leaving from other locations. So um, I think that's what what I would say is sometime at least before the calendar hits December. And then, of course, you have to uh, factor in recruiting classes and, and trying to hold on to those guys as well. So um, certainly I would think in the next four to five weeks, no later than that, um, we should be hearing some news on what the plan is moving forward. Evan, thanks for the time. Good to get caught up again. Thanks, guys. See you Saturday.